Welcome to the Skeptic Choir. December 2013, episode 141 of The Skeptic Wire. I am your host, Gary Lodd, and with me this week is Donna Swafford. Hello. And to keep our ongoing removal of one person podcast, Greg is indisposed. Greg couldn't make it. We don't have Greg. We are Gregless. Gregless. <laughs> so. It just sounds wrong. Gregless. It's like, I don't it's know. It's like a medical condition? Yes. <laughs> Something you get a little shot for, <laughs> you see that other doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, joking, I... Greg. <laughs> joking, joking. Because you, right. I know you will listen to this. So. Yeah. I had to hang out with him, but he's Gregless. That's <laughs> <laughs> so not really a medical condition, more like a maybe a shifty, shifty-eyed <laughs> condition <laughs> of unturpitude or something. I don't know. Anyway, so we hope Greg gets better. Yeah, so we're one-third less snarky this week. Again. Oh, we'll see about that. <laughs> well, you have, you have a couple weeks to make up for. So. I, I do. So, uh, how has your week been? <laughs> oh, just long. It's holiday season, and so all of the the companies that we do work for, that my company does work for, have been like, oh, we're having a Christmas party. Oh, we're having a holiday party. Oh, sure. Oh, come eat, drink, and be merry and get dressed up and have people tell me, oh, my God, we didn't – I hardly recognized you. You're in, like, a dress and makeup. And then when somebody looks at him and says, you know, that's a little rude, they're all like, oh, yeah, um, um. I hardly recognize you, but your beautiful blue eyes, I recognize those immediately. And I'm like, too late. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't not, unring you can't, that bell. You can't, yeah, you can't, you can't unhear. <laughs> or I just smiled nicely and nodded. And, sure. Well, it makes sense. I mean, nobody at school, I think, is, I think I've over, ever worn a collared shirt once. Uh, you know, so no one's ever seen me at school, like in slacks or anything like that. So I get it. Yeah. You know, of course it's like, it's like at work, once you see somebody in a suit and tie, you know, they're either going <laughs> for an interview or, or yeah. they've got like a big, big business, uh, meeting. meeting. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's my thing. Like when I'm at work and I'm on set, I can't wear a dress and heels and all of that jazz. Sure. Cause you're getting shit done. Right. So if I'm going to a release party or a Christmas party or something, I am going to dress appropriately for the situation. Sure. How difficult is this? Apparently, it's pretty damn difficult for people to understand that they hate makeup. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to the uh, podcast, I think it would be like three hours or something <laughs> to, to get to get ready. Yeah, it, it, it takes Bondo and some sandblasting and everything else to get this presentable for a big party. A to-do. Yes, a to-do. Yeah. What's going on with you? My transmission is out on my oh. car. Not like my, my, my personal transmission, but like this, on my car. So it's it's um, it's busy being... Looked at? Uh, yes. Assessed? I, I haven't I haven't received the total cost or time on this as of yet. So what you're saying is is you haven't the mechanic hasn't figured out how badly he's going to um fuck you over. Yeah, pretty much. Ah. Okay. So you can send your donations to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you get it fixed, and your car's going to run better and for a lot longer. And yeah, so it's not it's not dead. It's not it's not a it's not like it just it, went on the side of the road and wheels. Well, up. No, that's kind of kind of what happened. <laughs> I was I was driving home after my final actually last uh, on Thursday. Hey, better after the final than before the final. Oh sure, yeah, but yeah, it, it kind of sucks. I went out for a beer afterwards, and uh, beer and, is always good. Yes, it was, and then. <laughs> On my way home, just kind of like, oh, look, no first gear. 
like that was fun. So I don't know if you can imbue a vehicle uh, with evil by cussing at it, but certainly uh, from you getting home, uh, that wasn't so bad because there weren't very many cars on the street. But getting it to the initial shop I went to just to see – because it could have been the battery, right? Uh, that's one thing about modern uh, automatic vehicles if, is if your battery is bad and you're not getting the the amps to the appropriate parts, then uh, it's then not going to shift properly. Yeah, and this right. this and that happened with a car previously, but I wasn't going to go out and buy a new battery, you know. So Without I had, somebody saying it's the exactly, battery. Exactly. So I limped to the <laughs> I limped to the local uh, place I, I usually goes. Uh, I had thought I was going to be smart and not take, like, I could go down two major roads to get there. And I thought, no, no, I'll take the back roads. Because uh, then that way you're not holding up traffic. Exactly. You're not. Because I could, I could slowly get going. And once I got into about third gear or where third gear could take over, everything kind of worked, you know. But the moment I had to stop from, from like a stop sign or get going from a stop, uh, it was like, and it just kind of, you had to kind of coax it. Sit along yeah. and say nice things to it. Yeah, go, exactly. Come on, baby. I, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Oh, no, I wasn't saying that. It's like, <laughs> fucking hurry up. Yeah, as I said, imbuing it with evil is basically what I was trying to do. But uh, it turns out, and had I used my brain rather than thinking about how I was going to be pissing people off, but had I been using my brain and, and thought about the way I was going, I would have realized that my course was going to take me past a elementary school, which unfortunately, at the time that I was going by, had everybody picking up their kids. Oh. <laughs> you know, with the little stop sign and the kids walking out and, you know, you better stop. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> So I managed to get through that, and I said, okay, screw it. I'm just going to get on the main street and just hope that I don't have to stop. And fortunately, from from after all the cussing, uh, I managed to hit or you know, make all of the lights and, and get, to, uh, get to the shop. Whereupon they told me, we can't help you. Try these guys. <laughs> then you went, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was an expensive drive. <laughs> But, you know, 150,000 miles. Yeah, that's a lot more than most people have on their car. So Exactly. All right. So speaking about dying. (laughs) Dying. Well, (laughs) normally at this time we would do a birthday, and that's that's Greg's thing. But since Greg isn't here, we're going to talk about something that happened today. This day, December 18th, 1912. A little bit of history for you. The Piltdown Man was announced to the world. Charles Dawson came out with his amazing discovery of uh, what he called a human-ape hybrid skull found in Piltdown in England. And the world revelled around him, and it was like, look, this fits all of the theories that we have up until this time, that the brain case was preceding uh, teeth changing and the architecture of the lower jaws. This, this is definitive proof of how evolution works. Well, not so much, actually. Um, in 1953, uh, three guys, uh, Weiner LeGrosclerc and Oakley, announced some official findings using um, luminescence testing that basically said, yeah, this is not true. <laughs> so what they had is they had about a 500-year-old cranium that they had stained. They had a jaw from a ran- an orangutan, the lower jaw from an orangutan, and some chimpanzee teeth just thrown into the mix. Oh, that's cool. That's fairly clever, in fact. Yeah. And so, um, and then in 2003, they actually did go in and they reviewed a lot of what Charles Dawson had found in his antiquities and everything. And pretty much, um, did Dawson have a Creek? No. Okay. I never saw that one. I just decided. Okay. Go ahead. 
but most of his um, antiquarian collections, at least 38 of the specimens that he found were clear fakes. So this guy has a whole history Mm. of, of faking things. Although it has never been firmly established that Dawson himself was responsible for Piltdown Man. And there have been several um, theories, I guess, bandied about about Piltdown Man. And some of them have actually suggested that Arthur Conan Doyle was partially behind it. Really? Yep. No, I did not know that. But it's a really interesting thing. And like I said, once again, it's science uncovering a lie it's uh, it, right. they uncovered the hoax but for the longest time piltdown man was considered the specimen the missing link the one that tied you know as as it should because it had all of the features that they were expecting to see right at and then, the time but the problem is is that as discoveries were being found in africa like raymond dart found the tongue child these discoveries were being ignored, basically saying they're not fitting our narrative, so we're not going to discuss them. Because <laughs> ignoring things makes them go away. Yep. <laughs> um, but also, this um, Piltdown Man was used in the Scopes Monkey Draw. Darrow. Ooh, does that mean they have to go and go back and, and, and redo the, the Monkey Trial? No, because... <laughs> oh, wait, they lost. <laughs> yep. That doesn't really matter. Um, but, you know, the other side of this is is that Piltdown is used by creationists to, you know, oh, look, anthropologists lie. Look, yeah, Piltdown look, 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 look what science does. Science doesn't tell the truth. Science doesn't tell the truth. But, yeah... Again, not, not a single creationist disproved it. It was science that disproved it. Right. So... There's some really interesting literature about it. Um, And actually, Wikipedia does a really good job of kind of outlining the facts of how Piltdown Man was announced and received and the history behind it. It's actually a really fascinating read. And talkorigins.org also has a a Piltdown Man page, which effectively covers exactly what you cover, as does the Wikipedia page. Muy bueno. Yeah. once again, it's science. Yes, it was brought in as science, but science in turn exposed it for the lie that it is. Yeah. So it's sort of a, a death of a, of a hypothesis or uh, of, I don't know whether that would be an example of evolution. But speaking of deaths, we've also had this week a death of the end of the world perpetrator. Hmm. A guy named uh, Harold Camping, I believe. I, I believe we have talked about him before. Yes. He's the guy who said that... You mean that, crazy nut job? Let's just... Uh, in a, certainly in his later years, yes. <laughs> Although uh, coherent, just his fervent beliefs led them down an odd path. Uh... He was born in 1921, so just a few years after Piltdown Man, <laughs> and uh, he decided, uh, died uh, December 15th, uh, 2013. Uh, and he was the guy who put up a whole bunch of billboards around the United States saying that the world was going to end. Right, that he had mathematically concluded oh. that the world would end on... Such and such day, and then... The, the latest one being 21st of October, 2011. Which came and went. Which did come and went. Come and went. Does that, that work? Sure. <laughs> it passed us by. <laughs> yes, uh, with without incident. Well, actually, not without incident, because there were a lot of parties being held. Yeah. And... I believe course... that was the time that I, I freaked my neighbor out by putting out a set of clothes and... <laughs> But I had a pretty... uh... You had a fundamentalist neighbor. Yes. But Harold Camping previously had uh, said that the Judgment Day was going to come on uh, the 6th of December, 1994. So he had a history of getting his numbers wrong. Of getting it wrong. wrong? Which kind of makes me wonder, because he was a civil engineer. He had a Bachelor's of Science in Civil Engineering. Granted, civil engineering has fairly distinct 
rules that you must follow, whereas he was making up the rules with his Bible code. Yeah. So I guess I can't really fault him for not getting it right, considering it was all fake to begin with. So, yeah, but he would also raise, like, millions and millions of dollars when he to put these billboards up and it... Right? Yeah. Well, not... It wasn't necessarily him that did it. There right, were a he lot would of get his donations. Fo- a lot of his followers spent their life savings going around trying to get people to repent. And when <laughs> the day and went came and went, camping basically stepped back and said, "Whoa, I never told them to do that." Yeah. And he didn't. So it makes you kind of wonder. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that he was probably still sitting in his very nice house. I think so. You know, while there were people who were essentially homeless who had figured that camping was right, was the world was going to end. So what do you need with a house and a car and, I don't know, diapers and rice and food in your cabinets? So I suppose that I should be sad that a member of my human race died, but sadly I'm not really no, but A goes back to, you know... I'm sure his family misses him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I but don't. I will... The one thing about Harold Camping that I will give him credit for is he actually apologized for getting it wrong. Okay. Which <laughs> I think in lawyer ease opens you up for a shitload of lawsuits, but... <laughs> Which he's... No. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, whether he's getting lawsuits or not. I'm... Fairly certain people are suing his family, uh, or at least the uh, Freedom Radio Hour, whatever the hell it was, family radio. Uh, but yeah, in March 2012, you'd note that that is a couple of months after October 21st, 2011. He finally came out and said, uh, quote, we humbly acknowledge we were wrong about the timing, end quote. <laughs> hmm. And uh, he stopped claiming prophecies and uh, doomsday predictions, apparently. Well, at least he stopped doing that. Yeah. So, uh, Auf Wiedersehen, Harold Camping, and condolences to your family, but at the same time, he's a fraud. Yep. It's a big fraud. So. Well, you know, maybe if he had taken his multivitamins... He might might have gotten over whatever it was. Oh, you think? No, not really. But no. I'm trying to segue. Look, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. segueing. I know, no, I, I was I was trying to get you. To, well, we, before we did did that, I wanted to say that there was another end of the world, uh, actually another rapture uh, proclamation that was supposed to happen on 21st of December 2012. And there's a whole bunch of crap that's come out of that, including one that you posted on our super secret site uh, about the sacred union. Oh, yeah. I, I've i got some friends and family that are, how can I put this, um, wackadoodle? Um, yeah, that's that's the, the words I'm going to use. I'm going to use wackadoodle, you know. And there is a site... And we're going to use this as our website, web shite kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Go download Web of Trust. Vote on this. Um, the website is www.sacredunion.net. If nothing else, I'm going to say this. Go to it for the humor. Yes. It's a fairly badly written site. The, the guy who, who put together isn't the best storyteller or uh, the most literary figure around. Yeah. So, so there, there is some humor in, in that. Right. Uh, although unintentional humor as opposed to the ideas behind what he's writing. Right. And so this is all about creating and crafting a, a good union with your partner. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's. Well, the welcome page is just made me laugh. <laughs> So when you go to the page, the the first paragraph is very specific. Uh, And it sounds like, and I don't want to mock him for this, because it does sound like he's working through some Some issues. issues. (laughs) (laughs) But 
Like the, the first paragraph. You know. yeah, welcome. If you are reading this page, you are because you have been led by spirit. You are struggling in pain and disbelief. Something that felt so right just isn't working out at the moment. This site is here to help you in the process of understanding what is going on in your life and why you are feeling an immense pain. You feel alone, isolated, as if no one cares or understands what you're going through. Your work, social, and family life have been put into disarray over one person. The hurt of rejection and isolation is too much to bear. And that's a fairly specific reason to come to this website, to stumble upon this website, perchance. Yes. And then it's talking about building up your relationship with your significant other. Which is great. You know, it's good to have a nice relationship type of advice page, maybe. Yes. Except that this is not exactly the best relationship advice because it depends on the fact that all of the problems that we're having and then the sacred union idea comes from the end of the world on the 21st of December, 2012. And that's when everything changed. Uh, apparently we were raptured according to the, the uh, cult group that said that there was going to be a rapture on that day. Uh, but it was a spiritual rapture and not a physical rapture. Right. And, and that's what this so, is. So, yeah. So I, this is just funny. And like the guy who runs this psychic, Steve, <laughs> Yes. He has apparently, like, nobody ever talked to him about getting a good headshot. Because he's got this. Very awkward. I apologize. It's very, yeah, it's very awkward. Kind of, oh, I'm here. Is this on? (laughs) Kind of, it's like, oh, did it take the picture? (laughs) Right. It's not taking the picture. It's taking the picture. No, it's not. The thing is blinking. No, I I click. You know, and just. (laughs) It's all about him working through his relationship working problems. Working through his relationship problems, <laughs> and he wants you to pay him to help you work through yours. Yeah. Um, I know how I'm going to rate this website, um, and I'm really going to kind of go through and cleanse some of my friends now because <laughs> the person who sent this to me really obviously doesn't know me. Right. Oh, are you not having relationship problems since the 21st of December, 2012? I've had arguments over where to eat or anything, but, (laughs) you know, not, I would say, you know, life-altering relationship problems unless you say, oh, Chinese or barbecue, and that's, you know. (laughs) What about both? Chinese barbecue. Oh, that sounds so good right now. (laughs) You were eating when you came in. I know. I'm just hungry. <laughs> yeah, go take a look at it. Uh, www.sacredunion.net. Although I will say this about the site, uh, it did it did turn me it did turn me on to a a new site. Um, and the, the only reason why is because on the external resources page there is a person who who has the ability of clairaudience, clairsentience, and claircognizance skills. Oh, yeah, because I don't actually know what that means. <laughs> no, so I you know I googled it, and it turns out there is a Psy wiki. Ooh! So even cooler, there's a place where you can go find out all of these terms. Uh, other, you know, someplace that is on the more wooey side of it. So they're going to explain it in their manner rather than say a more scientific uh, type of manner. So go and rate www.sacredunion.net. And Hey, if you're feeling up for it, you want to rate a second one, go to uh, psi.wikia.com. Give them a rating too. Absolutely. And then you can get your spiritual vitamins in. As those Brits and Aussies might say. So speaking of those. Vitamins. (laughs) I actually prefer vitamins to vitamins. It just sounds, I don't know. Well, vitamins sounds more vitalic. I have vitality, not vitality. Vitamins sounds more like vitriol. (laughs) I just think of Vita Vita Mita Vegemins. (laughs) That kind of combines all of them together. There we go. Just combine them all. So yeah, vitamins. 
Don't do shit for you. Moving on. <laughs> actually. And actually, they do. They give you really expensive pee. They do. And they do help very specific uh, problems. If if you need a boost, in like if you're uh, iron deficient, and your doctor says, take the vitamins because you're not getting enough iron or whatever. And that, and there are certain situations where they might help, but I think we're talking a little bit more on the daily multivitamins. Yes. Half of all adult Americans actually take a multivitamin every day. Mm-hmm. And really, honestly, the only thing it's doing for them, and I'll say this again, it's making really expensive urine. Yeah. Because it goes right through, because your body can only absorb so much. And then exactly. it goes, ah, we don't need all of this. Goodbye. Right. Goodbye. And, and at some point, you, you can have too much of some bad things, like uh, as we've talked before, and I think you mentioned it last last week, is zinc. Yeah. You can have too much zinc. But like vitamin C, for example, eh, there's only so much that your body can take, and then uh, basically you have glowing urine afterwards. Right. So, but according to this study, it's the first study is a, a meta-analysis study of 27 different studies. That covered over 450,000 patients. Now, one of the things that we're used to harping on here on the Skeptic Wire is the fact that, oh, it was a study of 12 people. Right. 450,000 people here. We're just, I just... Why, that's the size of a small city. Yes, of a large city, actually. Yeah. Um, Decent size. And basically that it had... Multivitamins had no beneficial effect on preventing cardiovascular disease... Or cancer. Hmm. But is that why people are taking vitamins? Well, well, actually, that is why some people are taking vitamins. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we have not looked up to see what Mercola has to say about this news, seeing as that he is the supplement king. <laughs> in addition, vitamins don't prevent mortality in any way, although they did confirm that smokers who only took beta-carotene supplements increased a risk for lung cancer. Wait, what? In addition, taking vitamins did not prevent mortality in any way. However, analysis did confirm that smokers who took only beta-carotene supplements increased their risk for lung cancer. So if you're smoking, cut down on the carrots. Yep. Or the carrot supplements. Um, Another study looked at 1,700 patients who had previously had heart attacks they were assigned to take three multivitamins or placebos twice a day for five years. However, with more than 50% of patients stopping their medications, it was difficult for the authors to come to any real conclusions about vitamin effectiveness. So it could have been the medications that they had been taking, better exercise, better eating overall, following doctor's orders, or possibly the multivitamin. Can't effectively make the argument that the multivitamin itself is what caused them to their health to improve. And like I said, there's another study of 6,000 men older than 65 who took either a multivitamin or a placebo for 12 years. The men were administered cognitive functioning tests and the test results found no difference in the two groups. Hmm. But were they testing for ginkgo biloba? Because that's the one you always see about, like, oh, your mind is going, try ginkgo, biloba, or whatever. Uh, I was talking about Mercola, but I, I just uh, looked at Natural News, and, of course, he is totally against uh, Mike Adams, the health ranger, ranger, is totally against the, this advice. Um, his, his, his advice, actually, is avoid cheap synthetic multivitamins and supplements. <laughs> so buy the expensive ones from my store. Yeah. Don't swallow pills made by pharma companies. So take my pills because they're not made by pharma companies. Avoid cheap minerals like calcium carbonate or magnesium oxide. Now, he does say eat real food. That's good advice. Yes. Uh, except well, whole you... organic non-GMO food. is. Okay. This is the broken clock theory, though. <laughs> A broken clock. Gets the time right at least twice a day. Sure. Uh, well, one one that, that doesn't run, because one that is losing a second is only right like every couple hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> so so what you're saying is Precise, that, I should that say. Mike Adams is just a few seconds behind everything. Yeah, no, I think he's a broken clock. 
because he says the same thing. I yeah. mean, he, he's got – he's right. Uh, growing your own food, for example, is generally speaking healthy for you if you're not, you know, dumping kinds of pesticides to keep the bugs off or whatever. Um, there, There is a question on eating local farmer's markets and whether that's actually a better for the environment or not simply because – transporting that small amount of food to a local place for 50, 25, 100 miles versus transporting a lot of frozen foods, for example, or freeze-dried foods, which are unfrozen, whatever. Yeah. However, the, however, H-E-B or soup, uh, they, they do it. Uh, you know, they have, they have the benefit of doing things in, in bulk, whereas a farmer's market doesn't necessarily do in bulk. And granted, it's... Uh, you're helping out local farmers, but at the same time, you know, they're spending gas to get to... Right. So there's, it's a, there's a tip a, there's for a, tat. Yeah, payback, there's, there's a big trade-off there. Um, if you can afford local farmers markets, you know, I, I say great. Yeah. I, I, I actually I like prefer it. local farmers markets yeah. to get my vegetables because, to me, they do taste better yeah, than the frozen stuff. Sure. So, I mean... Well, the what, one thing that they'll say is uh, part of that is the smell because when you freeze dry something you eat, and it's just sitting out, you don't get quite the same smell that you do from like the fresh picked stuff. Right. So And so with that smell component comes the taste component. Right. But like flavor saver tomatoes have neither flavor nor smell. <laughs> okay. They right. don't. But if I go to my local farmer's market, you can smell the tomato. Exactly. Right. And actually, San Antonio has one of the highest rates of farmer's markets than any other city in Texas. So I only know of two of them. (laughs) But it is good to shop shop locally if you can support local farmers as opposed to big corporate farmers. But the corporate farming is not this hideous chud of a corporation. It's not, I'm going to make a joke here. It's not big farm, you know? Uh. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a big farm, but it's not that that hideous. That was the joke. Yeah. Big farm. Uh. Uh. (laughs) But it's not, it's not out there to, you know, destroy the small market. It's not there to destroy. It is to put out mass quantities to, And make it affordable to people who cannot get any better. Right. Exactly. But uh, go- going back to the natural news guy, uh, just real quick, because the one thing that I can't agree with is don't believe anything the mainstream media reports about nutrition. And I think that's kind of bad advice because sometimes they do get it right. Quite often they misinterpret but then again, Mike Adams is also known for misinterpreting uh, quite badly many of the studies that he mocks. Right. So, and one of the comments that that is made in this article um, on CNN is that one of the things that they didn't test for, they didn't put into their, I guess, their research model, was whether or not a person had a good diet or a bad diet. If you're eating Twinkies and Coke, that multivitamin is probably going to help you. Mm-hmm. But if you're eating... If you have a balanced diet. A balanced diet of, you know, lean meats, three or four servings of fruits and vegetables a day, that multivitamin is not going to help you. Hmm. So even though a slice of pizza is shaped like the food pyramid... It is not necessarily the entire food pyramid. However, I will say that some of the pizzas I make are because I they're chock full of, of vegetable goodness. Yeah, because, like, I make my own pizza. Yeah. And I make it from the bread. I mean, like, I make my own pizza dough. Sure. And do my own tomato sauce for it and everything That's else. the only thing I don't do. I don't do the tomato sauce. I buy the baboli. Ah. I'm cheap. Actually, that's rather expensive, but I'm lazy, I should say. It's quite tasty. But, like, it's a, this... We've been taught, and and you and I are, you know, roughly the same age. You know, as kids, it was always, oh, take your Flintstone multivitamin. Right. You know, know, make sure that you get enough of this. You know, make sure that you have enough vitamin C. 
And I know that in places where I lived as a kid in winter, you weren't necessarily getting orange juice. Well, we we had talked about this. Certainly when when we were children, we didn't have the year-round supply. We had seasonal vegetables and we had seasonal fruits. And so you wouldn't get the orange juice. You get the frozen orange juice. There was frozen orange juice yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, but we we took the kids' vitamins because everything went into cycles, right? Right. Which makes sense. But at the same time, we're also looking at the beginnings of people studying diet. And so you know, you, you had doc, uh, yeah, Doctor Spock, and then you had the USDA food pyramid, and then oh, you had remember all the- it was the four food groups. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, we had the groups. four food groups, and you yeah. had dairy, fruits and vegetables, meats, grains, and meats. meats. Yeah, but we, we've become – we've come a long way in 30, 40 years. Yeah. So that's the great thing about science. It's the same thing that goes back to Piltdown, man. You know, science It pushes, changes and adapts right. a- accordingly with innovations. Exactly. Because it, it – there was a time, for example, I was listening to, uh, I think it was This American Life, something on NPR. I don't remember. But there was a time when some of the, the best child-rearing advice was don't uh, show affection to your child. You know, a, a parent's love shouldn't be uh, shown. Right. You know, the kid doesn't need it, and it's just going to make them soft and, and horrible and clingy. Yeah, Turns out that's bad advice. We didn't know. Well, I sure like I mean, one of the the big examples <laughs> of that would be also um, how our society, even twenty years ago, was viewing viewing. Sure, the we deaf. had mullets for God's sakes. No, it was viewing the deaf. <laughs> deaf. Yeah, ah. because a lot of times it was don't sign, make them try to speak. Ah, they yeah. need to live in a hearing world. If they why can't sign, they, why can't they speak English? Right. Yeah. If they sign, they're never going to be able to assimilate into the rest of the world. Yeah. And what they were doing was depriving kids of the only communication that they had. Yeah. And then, hey, you know, even if you can't sign, you can get to be up on stage with world leaders. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We saw how well that worked out. <laughs> anyway, so it turns out multivitamins, not really necessary. And uh, so you can save yourself, what, 30 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month or whatever it is these days. If you buy in bulk, of course, you know, it's like 30 bucks a year. <laughs> but, hey, you know, that's 30 bucks you didn't have previously. Yep. Um, Shiza. Oh, but that kind of, you know, speaking about useless things, turns out that the Food and Drug Administration is also going after antibacterial soaps. And they're going to make them prove that the antibacterial formula actually does something and isn't you mean, just. You mean it's like, it's, it's like smoking all over again. Prove that it's healthy for you. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, you're starting. It's starting to. We're starting to worry about superbugs because a lot of this antibacterial stuff is going down the drains. I mean, yeah. it's just it, because the one thing I heard, and God, this must have been like ten years ago, I think, is that the soap isn't on your hands long enough to do any good. I mean, it has to be instantaneous because you kind of most well, people most people don't wash their hands for thirty seconds for according to the standard. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I'm 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 OCD, so I'm washing my hands for like a minute and a half. Okay, I'm like doing the surgeon thing in the bathroom, <laughs> you know. And then you're stuck inside there because they don't they're not using uh, towels. <laughs> that is my biggest complaint. I don't want the air vent thing. I don't want you know the whatever it the dryers. Yeah. Give me good old-fashioned towels, one that I can turn around to open the door with again. 
Yeah, which is that's that's what I do at school. Is for the first thing I do is I pull out a towel. For, I make sure that there's towels there because, like at school, we've got however many students come through. Right, and, and many of them are disgusting, and use like nine thousand pieces of towels to dry to dry off. You know, they're barely damp hands. So I make sure there's towels first of all, and then I wash my hands, turn around, and I I, I dab myself off, and then I use that towel to open the door to, to leave because. Um, half the students I see don't cover their mouth when they sneeze in the first place, and the bathrooms are or disgusting. Or if they are covering it, they're covering it with their with, hand. With their hand, yeah, exactly. Right, not into the elbow like yeah. has been suggested, which is, I love and that. Then and then they're not washing their hands or whatever they're doing in the stalls. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, uh... Uh, urination is a horrible thing. People mustn't see me. So they like leave as quickly as possible rather than, you know, just taking care of the other part of the business. Right. <laughs> but you know what? There's actually, there's a, a restaurant here in town that I, I frequent and I love it because they actually, ins- they have a foot pull on the bathroom door. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. I love that because I've never seen that anywhere else. Yeah. You know, you can pull it out with your foot and hurry in or hurry out. And, you know, you don't have to actually touch the door. Yeah. Chris, uh, people people like me who play drums are used to having our hands full. I can actually open those bathroom doors with my foot, which is pretty bad for the people following me because, you know, it's my feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not washing those off. No. <laughs> but, yeah, like, but back to the article. The Food and Drug Administration is basically saying, put your money where your mouth is. No. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, this is going to be interesting to to watch over the next two or three years because you know, it'll yeah. take that long. But, but the, and the thing is, it, it's not even clear that it's necessary. So if it's not necessary, I'm pretty sure the soap companies could probably save a lot of money by not putting it in their in their product. Right, and they're actually specifically targeting the triclosan. Okay. What does um, what does triclosan do? One wonders. So triclosan, and I'm I'm looking on the FDA's website. Says so basically, it's not known to be hazardous to humans, but several scientific studies have come out since the last FDA review of this ingredient that merit further review. Animal studies have shown that triclosan alters hormone regulation. However, data showing effects in animals don't always predict the effects in humans. Other studies in bacteria have raised the possibility that triclosan contributes to making bacteria resistance to antibiotics. In light of these studies, the FDA is engaged in an ongoing scientific and regulatory review of this ingredient. FDA does not have sufficiently safety evidence, sufficient safety evidence to recommend changing consumer use of the products that contain triclosan at this time. Um, that doesn't really tell us much. Like I said, apparently it's in everything is one thing that I found. Um, looking on the, the Wikipedia page... Yeah, that's that's what I was reading. And, and they they have references that say uh, antimicrobial hand soaps, uh, including those containing triclosan, have been shown to provide a significantly greater bacterial reduction on the hands compared to plain soap, and that the transfer of bacteria to other objects was significantly re- reduced following washing with antimicrobial hand soap uh, compared to plain soap. And, okay, if that's the case... Then they should be able to prove it. Yes. Um, and that's... The uh, first one was a meta-analysis. And then was one was an alternative hand contamination technique to compare the activities of antimicrobial non under different test conditions. So... Meta-analysis can can sometimes be a little bit iffy, but one looks to be uh, the the transfer of the bacteria one appears to be a specific study. Well, it says also here further down in the Wikipedia page, the use of triclosan as an additive for plastic production for use in food packaging has not been approved by the European Commission, and triclosan is used in a variety of common household products, including soaps, mouthwashes, dish detergents, toothpaste, deodorants, and hand sanitizers. Right. 
And the, the other thing is, uh, we may have we may have touched on this before. Is uh, w- with kids using antibacterial stuff. Uh, well, I remember when when they first started coming out, people were <laughs> were washing their kids' mouths out with it, and they were getting the kids were getting sick because it was actually <laughs> destroying the bacteria in the stomach because they'd swallow a little bit of it. But the other thing is, uh, kids playing in the dirt tend to be a little bit healthier later in life because they tend to get a little bit sick. Or you get a little sick here, a little sick there, and you. And so, again, according to the Wikipedia page, there was a 2010 study that found that kids who were exposed to triclosan uh, had a higher incidence of hay fever, and there was also a greater risk of food allergy. Also, but also further down, under alternatives, it says a comprehensive analysis from the University of Michigan School of Public Health indicated that plain soaps are just as effective as consumer-grade antibacterial soaps with triclosan in preventing illness and in removing bacteria from hands, non-organic antibiotics and organic biocides are also an effective alternative to triclosan, such as silver and copper ions and nanoparticles. Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> it is Wikipedia, so... Yeah. You take it with a, with a grain of triclosan. <laughs> but the, the fact is, triclosan is... Uh, it can be dangerous, but it's in a lot of stuff. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how this works out. Yeah. Uh, I, I am of the opinion that plain soap for how I just wash and everything is probably enough than the stuff with the antimicrobial. Now, the, the fact is, though, I don't know that I have anything that's that doesn't have an antimicrobial thing in it in fact i'll have to look but i know all of my my hand soap my my soft soap has that's because you can't find it without it nowadays exactly um well you can go get the stuff at the dollar store from china that doesn't have any at all but is radioactive or has what is it lead um, no um <laughs> ethylene glycol wasn't that ethylene. the big thing that it was in sure Oh, I think that the the toothpaste from China a couple of years ago that was poisoning people was ethylene glycol. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's... We don't need the FDA. Yeah. Let's get rid of it. Let's just do. Let's just do what the Tea Party wants. Get rid of the FDA. <laughs> Free market. Death to all. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> well, if if you can afford that antibacterial, well, then that's fine. But. That's right. <laughs> In the meantime, we got this this lead based paint for you. <laughs> mm, it's tasty. Tasty stuff. <laughs> but speaking about trying to get out of the bathrooms, <laughs> remember when you were in public school? Uh, my I don't recall that my bathrooms actually had doors on them. They had like a little uh, a walk entrance, like like they do at airports these days. Some airports, newer airports. Yeah, I... I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I don't think that ours had doors. It was like you walked in and made almost like an S. Yeah, exactly. And then you know the the stalls were all. Well, I in can't. I can't. I can't speak to the female bathroom. <laughs> Are you sure? Because you know, I may have seen for a good time called Gary. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> Scroll in a bathroom somewhere. Somewhere. Oh, well, somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, there was, in, in the Boston Globe, reported on some education professors at the University of Illinois that public schools appear to do better in math tests than private schools. Shock, horror, dismay. And actually, it appears to be a lot better than charter schools, which I'm not particularly surprised at. But at the same token, we're talking about taking standardized tests. And so that's where I have a problem with this study and certainly with the discussion about this study. Right. Okay. (laughs) Because in Texas, at least. Now, this is Illinois, so I don't know exactly how their education system works compared to Texas. I really only know Texas uh, and maybe a little bit about Virginia, but 
but I, I know how Texas works as far as education. And certainly in the last, since George Bush era, uh, we've been teaching towards the test. Right. We, A, been teaching towards the test. B, there are kids that don't test well. Yep. I'm one just of them. <laughs> put that out there. You know, so there are, and this is why I believe education in and of itself needs some major reforms mm -hmm. because teachers, teachers know the student. Yeah. And so if you gave the teachers the right to, to pass people on as opposed to saying, okay, you've got to make a 70 on this particular test at this particular time. Um, and if you don't, then uh, we're going to all going to laugh at you and point at you and then, hey, no stress. Well, I believe it was <laughs> when Florida implemented their standardized testing as a requirement for graduation. The first year that it was a, a requirement, like two or three valedictorians technically didn't graduate. Hmm. Interesting. So. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, in fact, I was thinking about that uh, just the other night because of my my final test. And it's like because it, the, the way I work is I tend to throw a lot down and then kind of weed stuff out, yeah. and you don't have that time on that test. So I get that the tests are supposed to, and I'm I'm not talking like the standardized tests, which are all multiple choice. Which okay, there's ways to uh, fake your way through those. Yeah. Uh, because you, you're basically given the answer. <laughs> and yeah. so you just have to figure out which answer is more right than the other ones. Whereas on a, a two, okay, what is, what is two plus two? You have to know that two plus two is four or how to find out that two plus two is four. Right. And so if you can do that in a reasonable amount of time, that shows that you're higher up the ladder in, yeah, than someone who has to, you know, count on their fingers, say. Right. Right. And so, Knowing knowing that you have to make the idea, okay, that just because someone failed the test doesn't necessarily mean they don't understand or know the material. It just may mean that they're a little bit slower right. about regurgitating the material or realize that that particular question doesn't mean anything and uh, refuses to answer it. <laughs> yeah, and I... I was one that I always hated multiple choice because I would have teachers somewhere. It was very obvious, which was the right answer. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't really put a whole lot of thought into the multiple choice. Sure. But, but again, but, but, but then there were also others that put a lot of thought into it and it was a gradient. Sure. But, but there's, and, but there's there's also good and bad reasons to do both yeah. because like the the ones that you say are obvious again may not be obvious to someone who doesn't necessarily know the material. So if it's obvious to you, you may have really known the material, right. or it just could be that you know it's a stupid question. Yeah, there's there's all these caveats in here. You, you have to look at the specific specific question. Like if you put okay two plus two equals you know on on a graduate exam, and then you had the multiple choice you know two for uh, E or uh, uh, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, like... Some it might of be them, two or four. <laughs> right. And I would say that, but, like, some of them would say two plus two equals question mark. Yeah. And it would be, you know, banana, Studebaker, Star Wars, four. Sure. Okay. And you're like, hmm, okay, this is easy. But right. then you would have, you know... Say some something different. Two plus two equals, and it would be you know three point nine 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 with a line over the it, nines, right. two squared. Right. So, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, this is you know how strict are we getting? <laughs> and so am I traveling near the speed of light? Because it might be three point nine repeated. Right. <laughs> so that's you know. Yeah. Okay. So then you get the, the the clever teachers and stuff like that. But the 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 point being that standardized tests um, may not be the best way to determine on whether someone knows something or not. Yeah. 
because you say some people test badly, some people just don't care. Um, I, I'm certainly like on my my exam last Thursday, for example, it was two and a half hours, and the instructor put in enough material that it took the people who knew everything. I mean, the the people who it took them two hours. Yeah. Right. So that's great. It shows that you know. So there's a there's a really nice curve on the people who know stuff and the people who don't know stuff. But about uh hour and three quarters in, I had to pee. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is okay. So that's a distraction. And then I got tired around, you know, two and a quarter hours in. My, my, my brain just started, started going, okay, look, I'm, you know... I'm trying to quell the the nature call because you know you're not supposed to just get up and and go right. Well, like <laughs> I mean, I had a professor who would do um, first half of his test would be true and false, but if you marked the answer false, you had up to ten words to change to make it true. Oh, that's interesting. And that was interesting at times, especially if he gave you, like, a paragraph and you could only change ten words. Yeah. I missed a couple of those because I was like, I can't do it in ten words, so we're just going to mark it true. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I know it isn't, I can't figure out how to word it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of lame as well because he's looking for something specific and you're like, I don't know the words you know. Yes. (laughs) Or certainly can't regurgitate them, again, under pressure in the time. Yeah. So uh, now, that being said, that is basically what this article was was saying is that on the standardized math test, the public students uh, did better than the private students, uh, and much better than than the charter schools. Uh, which, which they really thought, isn't a surprise about the charter schools. Eh, not so much, except. You know, the, but the the charter schools were supposed to be the big panacea of, hey, look, this is going to change everything. You know, we we don't have to do the traditional manner so that kids know, right? Yeah. We can we can do a lot a lot more uh, non traditional. Everybody sitting in their seat for eight hours type of thing, which I agree. I think there's there's some some neat things that you can do if you don't have to follow the strict rules of keeping them in their seats and keep them quiet. <laughs> no, and I, I agree with that. I don't think that um I, I don't think that there is enough emphasis anymore in schools on the arts, on physical education. Sure. I think especially in the lower grades, physical education is it's absolutely out. needed. Yeah. Exactly. You know yeah. or at least recess. Get out there, run, you know, yeah, tire yourself out just the little tiny bit. Well, yeah, but we're, kids tend to be rambunctious. Yeah. And so for putting them in the seats for six to eight hours is not what kids, that's not, that to me is not the way necessarily to teach them. Yeah. Or if you're going to do that, let them get it out of their system. <laughs> I know that when... I was, um, when I was in grade school, we got 10 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes after lunch. So you got like 15 minutes to eat lunch and then you got 30 minutes. And then it was like another 10 minutes in the afternoon. I know that my daughter gets 15 or no, gets 30 minutes, but it's including lunch. And that's the only recess she gets. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. That's no good. Plus the the fact that you're going to fall asleep after you eat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So going back to the study, they found uh, when they controlled for uh, family income, race, location, uh, that's when they found that the public schools overall were getting better results. And one of the reasons that they were thinking was because private schools uh, used to not have to attract so much, but – now the the private and the charters are are fighting for for the privilege of teaching your child, and so they seem to be putting more money into advertising as opposed to the actual teaching. Yeah. 
I don't know if that really holds up. Uh, it's possible. But there, there's also the thing to, to say about the public schools is you tend to, even though you will probably get in your little clique, right, in your little social group, you will be more exposed to more types of people as well. So you also get a better social experience, again, generally speaking, right. at a public school than, say, a private or charter school because – both of those places are places where your parents can afford to keep you away from the riffraff. Well, okay. <laughs> All due respect, I am a private school graduate. I I went to a very, I'm going to say this, exclusive private Catholic school. Okay. I rest my very case. Very pricey. <laughs> <laughs> and I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like how socially inept you are. <laughs> well, you know, that's actually not far from the truth. So <laughs> I went to public school and I'm socially inept. So what does that say? <laughs> you probably get humor a little better than I do. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd think that the, the private schools would do better. That was certainly what these uh, Lubinskys thought. But... It, because that you, you would think that you'd be able to afford to hire the the so-called better teachers, uh, and and they would be able to help your child more. Apparently not. Interesting. I don't think that's going to change anything at all. <laughs> no, I think that it is a matter of the kids, their attitudes toward school, the parents' willingness to volunteer. And to um, take be a part of take their, a part of the education process, right? Whether that is a through homeschooling, which is not necessarily bad for some kids, homeschooling right. is a very viable option. Sure. For others, not so much. <laughs> um, and I think that there is a, education, much like budget issues much like all of these major discussions that we have, you know, race relations in the United States, everything. It's not, you, we can't just point to one single thing and say, oh, look, public school education is the way to go because this study says that kids are going to do better in math. Yeah, yeah. It's not. There's there's a variety of factors that are have to be considered. Absolutely. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think that just about covers it. I think we're done. We're done. Bye. Oh, wait. We need a wrap-up. Oh, we need the wrap-up. Oh, bugger. Okay. Bugger. (laughs) All right. So what did we learn this week? We learned that Piltdown Man both proves and disproves, but proves again the value of science and the scientific method. We learn that though the latest, most popular purveyor of end-of-the-world excitement is dead, like a Hydra head or Jesus or Captain Jack Harkness, another will pop up to take its place. We learn that washing your hands may be less likely to disrupt your hormones or create superbugs, thanks to the FDA saying, prove it, to the hand soap companies. We learn that multivitamins give you unnecessarily expensive pee. And we learned that not only can the public school student beat up your private school student, he's also better, on average, at math. If only he knew what an average was. So, that concludes this week's episode. Thank you, Donna, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yes, and And uh, we will be back next week, hopefully, uh, all three of us, for the uh, Christmas episode. Post-Christmas, I guess. Yes, because we'll actually be taking uh, Christmas Day off. We yeah. will be with you guys on the 26th because we will we would rather record than be out shopping. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So have a great week. Have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, and if, you, if you celebrate such stuff, Hanukkah's over, I guess. Yeah, it was over like back by, by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Exactly. Uh, so uh, Saturnalia, Festivus, blah, 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 blah. Happy holidays. There, we said it. We went there. That's right.
Cheers. Bye. Bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Look, I understand that I still have half a sandwich here. You still can't have it. Get out of there. (laughs) She's all... She's never actually stolen any food, but she gets really close. (laughs) What's a... What's a... What's something that if you kill it, it'll only replace itself? And I'm using the term hydra. You chop up the head and replace it too. um... Is there is there anything is there any Doctor Who references, or no? You kill it and it comes back stronger. Yeah. It's weird that there is a Doctor Who something. Like that. I know there's a Farscape one, but that's a little bit way too obscure. <laughs> oh no, it was Hellboy, but that would be obscure as well. Yeah. But too obscure. You mean other than Jesus? <laughs> I like that. Okay, we'll just use that. <clears throat> or Captain Jack Harkness. Captain Jack is Jesus! We learned that washing your hands may be less likely to disrupt your hormones. So, uh, uh, let me back up. We learned that soon, perhaps, washing your hands may be less likely to disrupt your... Dis- Science says you can fight the common cold with booze. Booze? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just tell Greg that. 